Amen. Today we're going to be reading the word of the Lord out of the King James, and also we're going to do it out of the NLT, which is the New Living Translation. Just, just some things I need you to hear. Amen. Now today, we're going to be uh, getting into 2 Corinthians. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians. And we want to go back to 2 Corinthians. And we want to read the first six verses. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. The first six verses. We're going to do this out of the King James. Later on, we may do it out of NLT, but right now the King James. And then we're going to go to Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 13 through 15. Where we'll get our subject. When you're ready, say amen. amen. All right, let's do 2 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, verse 1 through verse number 6. It said, do we begin again to commend ourselves or need we as some other epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? You are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as you are manifestly declared to be the epistles of the epistle, one epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of a living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. And such trust have we through Christ to God with. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who also has made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Now, let's go to Genesis chapter 3. We're going to get our subject in Genesis chapter 3. And we want to look at verse 13 through verse number 15. Genesis chapter 3 is where we will get our subject. When you get there, say amen. amen. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 13, let's read together. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, above every beast of the field, upon thy belly shall thy go, and dust shall thy eat all the days of thy life. And I would put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. You may be seated. This was a promise that God made to Satan. And we want to show you in the word that it has been fulfilled. Let's show you that in 2 Corinthians. Now that's my subject. That's where we're going to come from. Genesis chapter 3, verse 13 through 15. And we're going to talk about uh, Genesis chapter 3. And we're dealing with verse number 13 through 15. How did the serpent deceive Eve? That's going to be a question. 
How did the serpent deceive Eve? Last week, we talked about our Lord Jesus Christ cursed the serpent head. So now we got the serpent out of the way. He's already had been crushed. That's, that's Hebrew 2, 14. That right? That just go to that. Just update your memory a little bit. Serpent already been destroyed. I'm just trying to show you the serpent already been dealt with. Amen. He crushed the serpent head. But now we want to go back and see how did the woman get in the situation she got in. We're not worried about the devil no more, right? All right, now. If the Lord crushed his head, I gave you the last week tape. He already crushed the serpent head. All right, so we see today in Hebrew 2.14 is what I'm waiting for. In the book of Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, showed us what the Lord did to the serpent. And then I'm going to show you one more verse beside that, and that's going to be 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 21. For as much then as the children are partakers of the flesh and blood, Christ also himself likewise took part of the same, that through, that through death, that's why the word had to be made flesh, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, and then he told you who it was, that is the devil. So the Bible said he destroyed him. Somebody say he destroyed him. He destroyed. Right. And he delivered them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So he not only destroyed him, he delivered them. All right, that was to us. Now, since the devil has already been defeated, I'm, I'm just showing you again. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians, one verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 21. I think it's what I want, all the promises of God. You show you, the Bible show you that everything has been done. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And verse 20, I'm sorry. That's what I be wanting, all the promises. That's what I want to show. Now, 2 Corinthians 1, 20 says, all the promises of God in Christ is yes, and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. Can you put that same thing in the NLT? Just that one verse, verse 20. So if God has already fulfilled all his promises, then that means that we should not be in the prophesying arena. People are still trying to tell you that they can give you your message through prophecy. No, you don't have to prophesy anything. It's always in the book. Just read. Prophecy means promise. What do prophecy mean? Promise. When somebody prophesied, all the Old Testament prophesied, they promised, didn't they? Well, if God already fulfilled his promises, then what are you prophesying for? It's already been done. But see, if you don't know, you will be deceived. That's why my message today dealing with deception. People deceive because they trust the devil and not God. I'm waiting on that one verse, 2 Corinthians 1. It says, for all the promises, have, look at the screen. I want you to read what the screen says. For all the promises have been Wait, 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 wait. You don't read so fast. See, that's why you read out another translation because some translations you don't understand. But it's, but it's all the promises of God in the, in the King James in Christ is yes. What, what do that mean? 
it means that all the promises, all the promise, all God promises, all God's promises have been fulfilled. Now, if they've already been fulfilled, that means nobody should be waiting for Jesus to come back. Remember, that was a promise. See, if you really knew what the words say, you would know when somebody's trying to deceive you. So we're gonna, that's why we're going to minister. All the promises of God have been fulfilled in Christ with a redounding yes. Resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen. That means we should say amen. Which means yes. As sin the God for his glory. So if God has already fulfilled all the promises, then the church should say amen, yes. Amen. We shouldn't be sitting here uh, questioning God's word. God's promises have been fulfilled. But the key is, then that was come the adversary. That's why God left him here. Remember now, I told you before, he's already been what? He's already been fulfilled, been destroyed, abolished. Now, what you must understand, if you don't know that, you can still be deceived. Because you don't know the word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you all the praise. We give you all the glory and the honor. And we thank you for giving us your son. Thank you for his death, his burial, his resurrection. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving us the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us and teach us and help us understand the new covenant. Thank you for making us able ministers of the new covenant. Now we bless you, we praise you for your goodness in the blood and precious name of our Lord Jesus. All the way to that prayer said amen. amen. All right, so now we already see the word of God has already been fulfilled. Christ fulfilled all God promises. I want to show you something else before we get it going. I want to go to, in the NLT, we're going to read this same verse. Matthew, I'm sorry, the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 24 and 44. Luke 24, 44. I just showed you there that God's word has been fulfilled. His promises have been fulfilled. Well, if he fulfilled all his promises, then I'm going to bring you back and give you a definition of the word abolish. Not now, because all of that is in there. If he fulfilled, he finished it. He put an end to it. Right, he abolished, right? Now, here in Luke 24, 44, in the NLT, then Jesus says, when I was with you before, talking to the Jews, when I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses, somebody said law of Moses. Law of Moses. And in the law of Moses, say it one more time. And in the prophets, and in the, prophets, and in the, Psalms, and in the Psalms, must be, must be fulfilled. fulfilled. Now, if he fulfilled everything in the law of Moses, if he fulfilled everything in the prophets, if he fulfilled everything in the Psalms, then I need you to know that's everything in the Old Covenant. He, the Old Covenant is broken down in those three sections. You got it in your Bible. You got, if you look at the beginning of your Bible, you'll see the prophets, the Psalms, and the law. They're broken down. Well, you say he fulfilled all that. Let's see what the word fulfilled means. I gave you the word abolished. And I showed you five things that's already been abolished. 
Now, if you don't know this, then you are still practicing. That's why people in churches today are still doing things because they don't know Christ came here and fulfilled that. Abolish means put an end to. So if Christ has already put an end to something, why are we in churches are still doing it? If he put an end to water baptism, why am I doing it? There are churches this morning that are telling you you can't be saved without water baptism. In the days of Paul, we're going to show you, they told, they told Paul and the people follow Paul, you can't be saved if you have not been circumcised. Otherwise, man had to do something to you before you can get saved. What God did was not enough. So are you telling me that God sent his son here to die for our sins? Bear it, raise again from the dead? That was not enough. And the Bible plainly tells you that Jesus was on the cross. His last word was, it is finished. Then in John 17, he says, Father, I have finished the work that gave me to do. So, see, the key is when you're talking about giving God the praise and giving him the glory, then don't turn around and steal from him. Because when you, when, you don't, when you don't believe he's done this stuff, then what you're doing is not giving him the praise and the glory. Somebody say amen. amen. All right, now, watch what it said. I mean, put an end to it. Make void to the shore. Fulfilled, complete, finished, done away with, and also to accomplish. That is what God did. Then I showed you the things that God fulfilled. I gave you five things. Number one was the law. See, that's why in your Bible you have Romans chapter 5, 6, 7, 8. Matter of fact, when you go through that, matter of fact, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, you have to know why they're there. He's showing you that how you got saved. That's why the book of Romans is the first doctrinal book of your salvation. It shows you how you got saved by Paul using his own lifestyle to show you how you were saved. Saved means delivered from. See, we, 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 we are saying with our mouth, I'm saved. I had the choir this morning. Did they sing that? Saved? Okay. Now, I know it was on the list there, on my list. I think I heard it. But it said, you're saved by the power of God. I'm saved. What, how many people here know what it means to be saved? Leave it, leave it up there. Because you got to know what saved means. When God saved you, see, people are, people are still hooked on drugs and say they're saved. You, you don't even know what saved me. When God saved you, he delivered you. See, Israel, and I'm not here to put you down. I'm here to waking you up and stop, stop being silly and get saved for real. See, you can be drunk on pride. It don't have to be alcohol. But saved, this word saved means delivered from. So what God did, when Israel was in Egypt, God sent Moses in and God delivered them out of Egypt. He saved them. Now, their salvation, for as God concerned, was done. But the key is, they still didn't believe that God had saved them. Let me say it again. What the enemy gets 
deceive people are from is they say they're saved with their mouth, but they can't live saved with their life. See, once God saved you, you can live saved. I ain't going to have many folks. I'm not going to have many folks talk, talk to me this morning. I've been where you are. I've done what you've done. But when God saved me, he saved me from that. And if God's power comes inside of you, he saved you from what you can't stop doing. I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is. One of the greatest lies that the enemy is pushing today is to make marijuana legal. Some of y'all don't know what they plan on doing. Right here in Pontiac, where we have the old place where we used to shop at Kmart. Now, y'all been around here a long time, called the Glenwood Plaza. See, they want to make that the place that they make and purchase one of the biggest marijuana farms in Michigan. Right here in Pontiac. But see, what, what, what people does is they say, well, it must not be wrong with it. And then they'll say, well, you know, I take it because I take uh, Medica. <laughs> Medica marijuana. You, 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 you get high just like everybody else. See, you got you to stop. You got to stop. A lot. I know it may not sound right. It may not be what you want to hear. But let me tell you something. God is able to keep you. You might have had to have some things done, but you can't live like that. You got to go back to God. You say, look, I don't want to live like this. I need you to help me. Because first of all, you are my deliverer. Yeah. So I don't want to say, I'm a, I'm, I want to take this, because when I take this, it makes me feel better. Come on, I, I, like I said, I've been there and done that. I told the Lord all that stuff. I told him one time, I said, Lord, I'm going to tell you the truth. <laughs> I like getting high. I told the Lord that. I said, I like getting high. And I said, I'll tell you what. If you could take away what I'm doing, and make me feel like I feel when I'm doing this, then I don't need that no more. And one night, God is my witness. It was like a challenge to God. Say, you want me to make you feel real good, son? I said, I want you to make me feel good. I want to be so high until I don't, I don't, I don't remember what happened the next morning. And one night, God is my witness, my wife will tell you. One night, I was sitting on the side of my bed. I came home, had my little Bible. I've been reading the Bible all day, and I'm in the Word, and the Word. I came home. I'm going to tell my wife what was going on. And all of a sudden, God is my witness. The Holy Spirit stepped through my wall. I'm sitting on the side of my bed, and all of a sudden, here comes the Lord towards me. And I'm, look, I'm, I'm feeling for my wife because I'm, I'm like, I know I'm out of here now. Because this is not normal. And he kept, he, he, he began to walk towards me. God is my witness. He walked towards me and he came right to me and I could, he took my hearing. All I could hear my room full of bees just took my hearing. And he walked beside me. And God's my witness. As he walked beside me, I began to feel over here because I'm looking at him. And he took the palm of his hand on the side of my face. 
and push my head around. I knew right then I'm outmatched because I'm trying to look and he just pushed my hand around, head around. Then he stood beside me like this. And all of a sudden, he stepped over me. And I'm standing here like, what's next? I'm out of here. I'm trying to feel this, this woman right here, let her know I'm gone. If you wake up, I'm gone. God is my witness. I don't know what y'all take, me, take to believe, but I hold both Bibles. Is that all right? I don't have no reason to lie to you. But then when God, the Holy Spirit, that's all I can say, the Lord Jesus, the Holy Ghost, but when he stood over me, now all of a sudden, I felt him standing in me, through me. And then all of a sudden, he began to blow like they, they did in the book of Acts, like a Russian mighty wind. And brother, he blew so in me until I passed out. I heard the wind of the Spirit blowing through me. I'm talking about, he blew so long, he kept blowing, and I'm, I couldn't take no more. And I went right on down to the floor. And the only thing I can remember that somewhere that night, see, God heard me. He's just like, you want to you wanna be out tonight? God's my witness. Sometime that night when I came out of it, I crawled up in the bed. And I was just because I was scared. And I sat there all night. The Spirit of the Lord would do you what you need done if you will ask Him, if you will let Him. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. The Spirit of a living God came in me that night, just like a rushing mighty wind. Fill this house with his glory. From that day, from that day, I don't care where I am, I can feel the very power of God. Now I know, I have no question, I know my house. I'm not saying everybody have to have the same thing. I, had to, I asked for this. If you don't think I'm right, you ask for it. Just be honest and serious in your mind. I told the Lord, I said, I want, I want you to make me feel, I, I want you to knock me out. I don't care what you got to do. But I want to feel your presence like never before. And let me tell you something. When I'm praying for people, 4.30 this morning, I'm in my shower praying for you. 4.30. See, the key is, I can hear the Spirit of God coming. I tell my wife, I say, we got company. That's how they talk about it in the South. We got company. And she said, where, where is he? I said, he's standing right there. He loved the challenge because he wants you to know his presence. When I pray for people, I pray for a man this morning, and I said to him, the Lord just touched you. I said to my wife, excuse me, the Lord just touched you. I had my brother over there, he know, he, he know he'll tell you that brother right, right through there. He was in my office not long ago, you know right. And so I'm up here praying for him, it's okay if I talk about this a little bit? And he says, you know what, Pastor? I said, the Lord gonna touch you this morning, brother. I said, so we gonna sit here, and I'm gonna sit beside you. Then all of a sudden, the Lord touched me, up. And his legs stretched out, up, hand went up, head went back. I'm going, well, if you fall on the floor, I'm not going to be able to get you back up, brother. <laughs> Am I lying, brother? Have you been the same since? I'm telling you. Let me get in the word. But I want to show you this morning. How did the, the serpent deceive Eve? See, if, if what happened to me was not genuine, 
there will not be no deliverance behind it. So you've got to listen to me. You can go to places and people can pop you inside the head and all this other shandai, but when you got up, you felt you no change in your life. That wasn't the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit zapped you, or when he come up on you, or when he come in you, your life will change starting at that moment. Nobody got to tell you, don't smoke no more marijuana. Because the Holy Ghost in you is going to convict you so until you just can't do that no more. He will take the taste out your mouth. He will take the thought out your heart. He'll take away the lust for that. You don't want that no more. When the Holy Ghost come up, that's why I'm talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We're talking about today, how did the serpent deceive Eve? Are you ready to go to work? Amen. Man, I'm about ready as I'm going to get today. All right, now, the first thing we want to do is we're gonna, we showed you Genesis chapter 3 and verse 13 through 15. Verse 13 only. Now, watch what the woman says. The serpent, watch what he says. He beguiled me. So you want to write that word, beguile me. The serpent beguiled me and I did eat. The serpent deceived me. The serpent tricked me. Now, you must understand where Eve was to all this make sense. Eve was already in the presence of the Lord. Eve was already in the garden of God. Eve was already in a walking, everyday living relationship with God. See, the deception is not when I was in the world this happened. That, that, that was no deception. You wouldn't even say. Deception is once you get in Christ, once you got in the garden, here you come. See, now you're going to church. Got your little pretty Bible on. Now he want to find out how can he get you back to where you were before. And the only way he can do it, he got to deceive you. Now, I'm going to tell you some words you want to write down. There's a word lie. He's going to lie to you. See, any time I started telling another woman what I can do for her when I'm married, how many know I'm lying? Yeah. Do y'all know I'm lying? Yeah. Because first of all, if I would do all of that for her, you ought to be able to just think and say, why are you not doing it for her? Because if, if, I'm, if I love her like I said I would, why would I be talking to you? And you got to be at least smart enough to know. See, some people just have to be smart. I believe I'm a smart pastor. And I don't mind about telling you smart things. I look at you as my little children, my daughters, my sons. And I say this to you. When a person promises you something, you got to be able to look at it and say, is that a lie? You know it's a lie. You know it's a lie. You know truth when you hear it. 
Because if I'm already made a commitment to live with this woman all the rest, all of my life, and now I'm turning around and telling you what I will do for you. You got to be able to look at it and say, look, that's, that must be that guy, sugar daddy mama's telling me about. The gift for all women. See, don't believe that lie. So what I want to do today, I want to see how it was eat. Because if I can get, you want to put down the word lie, I'm going to give you some definition. The word lie means falsehood uttered for the purpose of deception. So when people are going to lie to you, it's falsehood. But it's told you for the purpose of deception. The whole thing they want to do is deceive you. That's the bottom line. Number two, an intentional violation of the truth. And when somebody lied, that's an intentional violation of the truth. They intended to lie to you. They knew that was not truth. Number three, a false statement. That's when something's a lie. When you tell a lie, that's just a false statement. And one thing about lies, they definitely going to come to the light. <laughs> All right. Here's, here's one, number four, a false doctrine. You want to put down there, false doctrine. So I'm showing you how the enemy deceives. He have to give you a false doctrine. And I'm going to get into, we got another teaching going to show you that. Now, let, let's, let's show you this before we get anywhere. Let's go to Galatians 1, 6 through 9. And then we're going to go to Galatians 3. See, in this chapter of Galatia, it's the church that was to see. If I had to tell you about a church called Galatia, Galatia is the church that got deceived. Remember, Paul is going to show you. I'm going to go back to Carver and I'm going to show you. When he talked to the church of God, he told them that his whole thing is let no man deceive you. Look at somebody and say, let no man deceive you. Because it's going to be a person. If you get to see, it's going to be somebody. Somebody deceive you. The devil used somebody. When I said that, I'm talking about evil spirits. They use people to deceive. Remember, the devil himself, the person, has been defeated. All right, now, in Galatians chapter 1, verse 6 through 9, I want to read out the NLT. We're going to do a lot of reading out the NLT today. Then we're going to go also to uh, Galatians chapter number 3. I had you to buy these Bibles one time. I want to know. I want to make sure you still got them. Don't mean you had to bring to church today because you didn't know, but you get home, you want to go look at it. Watch what Galatians 1 and 2. I, I, like, I like to read because you see the hymn. It says, I'm shocked, Paul says, that you are turning away so soon from God. Wait a minute. If you're going to be deceived, you have to turn away from God. Do you understand? If you never got saved, you can't be deceived. He already got you. So the only way he can get people in the churches, he has to deceive them. He has to get you to buy his lie, his merchandise, which is his lies. So he can deceive you. His whole purpose is to get you from 
See, God has already brought you to a certain place. Brought you to the garden. Where there's no lack. Enemy don't like that. True, he got to deceive you. That's, this is what happened with Eve. See, the, the, the devil is who she talked to. I'm shocked that you are turning us away so soon from God who called you to himself through the love and mercy of Christ. God called you to himself. You are following a different way that proceeded to be the good news, that pretended to be the good news. Pretended, do you see the word pretended? Go back to the word pretended. A different way that pretends. How many know what a pretender is? Some of y'all old enough to hear, I'm a man singing a song about a pretender. I'm shocked, he says. A different way that pretends to be the good news. So he's showing you that it's the message. It's not the good news. See, that's why I'm going to show you that most people are defeated because they don't know what the good news. See, the gospel of Christ is the good news. The gospel of Christ is God's grace. You were saved 2,000 years ago by grace. My job is to tell you, you to believe and receive it. By grace you saved. All the work has been taken out. All you got to do is hear it and believe it. But then somebody walks up to you and says, have you been baptized in water in Jesus' name yet? Oh, I got to be baptized to be saved? Oh, yeah. That's what they're going to do in Acts 15 when I get there. And people don't realize you're just trying to get you to leave grace. See, if you know how you're saved, how were you saved? I'm not asking you how you're going to be saved. How were you saved? See, if I can just get the church to realize, maybe I need to put a big sign. I'm going I'm to I'm I'm change this some stuff in here. I'm going to put a scripture up here. Up on that light, it's going to say, by grace are you saved. That's all I'm going to put. We want over here. I got to do something because I don't want to fail. I want to fail you. And I'll put up on over here scriptures. You like the one you put in our dining room? Uh-huh. We're going to put them right up there, okay? Make sure that. By grace are you saved. So when, so when I ask you how you saved, you'll be, how we saved? Waiting on somebody to say it. And then you're going to put up on there, it is the gift of God. Yeah. So we're going to put that on each side. And we're going to, I commit that in your hand. Yes, sir. Jesus' name. Amen. All right? Watch when he told you how you say it. That's why I come around and ask you all the time. See, my, I'm a, my ministry is about your soul. All this other stuff ain't about nothing. Amen. All this beautiful building and all this beautiful furniture is just so you will be comfortable here getting saved. That's what, that's what God did. So when God fed them all that stuff he fed them, all that bread and all that meat and all that, he wanted them to be saved. So he didn't care what it cost. He healed them all. He didn't care as long as they got saved. Do you understand that? Okay, so that's my ministry. All this other stuff ain't about nothing. By grace are you saved through faith that's not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Can't you see the word gift means free? If it's gift, it's free, right? That's all I needed. That's all I needed. Okay. Now, let's go to work. Did I have something else I was on? 
Now, I, that's what I got here. Galatians, Galatians 1, 6 through 9. Don't let me leave that now. Here we go. Then I said I'm going to go to Galatians 3, remember? I'm shocked that you are turning away so soon from God who called you to himself through the love and mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news. So you're going to get to that when I get to the mother teaching. That's what people tell you. It, it, it pretends to be the good news, but it's not the good news. They did not get out of Egypt because somebody got water baptized. They got out of Egypt because they killed the lamb. You ever read Exodus chapter 11 and 12? They killed the lamb and they took the blood of the lamb and put the blood on the two sides of the doorpost and that's how they got out. When that deaf angel came that night, he didn't care what you water baptized. He wanted to know one thing, do I see the blood? Jesus said, when I see the blood, don't be no fool. Don't be no fool. He said, when I see the blood, the blood, that's the good news. But it, but, but it is not the good news at all. See all this other stuff people tell you not the good news? They want to deceive you. People leave this church on Sunday morning to go to another church so they can take communion. Being deceived. You're leaving the grace of God back to works. Okay, put that back up there again. Let me finish that. But it's not the good news at all. Watch what he said. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. See, they twist the truth. That's all they're doing. I'm going to nine. He said, now, you let God's curse, let God's curse fall on anyone. Look what Paul says. That's how, much, how serious he is about this. He said, let God's curse fall on anyone, including us. Or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of good news than one we preach to you. And the only thing Paul preached to you was the gospel of Christ. Christ and them crucified. He didn't preach nothing else. And yet people are going to churches where they're telling you you've got to be baptized in water in Jesus' name to be saved. Still got to take communion to get rid of sin. And yet people are falling for that and don't realize they're being deceived. You don't have to do nothing. Just hear the gospel, believe it, and receive it. It's so simple. But that's too simple, too easy. I got to do something, don't I? That's why I tell you, when people come up here, you don't have to pray for them. Just get them to receive Christ. Just say, look, 2,000 years ago, Christ died for your sins. 1 Corinthians 15, they just read it. You see right here? Christ died for your sins. He was buried. He raised again from the dead for you. Would you believe it? Would you receive it? Yeah, I receive it. Come on, let's say it. I believe Christ died for my sin. He was buried in my place. God raised Jesus from the dead. I believe that. I'm saved. Isn't that simple? See, the key is, once the gospel is preached to you, that's it. That's it. You, all this other stuff you don't have to do. It had nothing to do with their salvation. I'm preaching so you'll have the faith to believe. Now, when you see somebody never preach the gospel of Christ, walk up to you and say, you want to be saved? Yeah. Well, just believe Jesus Christ, Son of God, right now. Just give me a hand. Just confess Jesus Christ, Son of God. Just say what I say, and I sit down. You all say, you just been deceived. See, you got to know. You got to know when the devil just did something. 
You cannot be saved without the word. Because you can't get faith without the word. So then faith cometh by hearing. You can't get faith without hearing the word. And how can, they, how can you hear without a man who God sent to preach it? So the person, you, you, the person qualified got to be the person God sent to preach the word. You just, you just don't want to be deceived. Don't let nobody deceive you. You got to know when something is God, when something is not God. Okay. Now, did I give you anything? Did I finish Galatians 1 and 9? If I did, we go to Galatians 3 and 1 in the NLT. Galatians chapter 3, verse. Did I, I finished that Galatians 1, 6 through 9, right? So we're going to go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. I'm headed to my message. I'm not even there yet. Just warming up on you today. Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. Oh, foolish Galatians, who had cast an evil spell on you? Remember when he left them? They was in the mess of the grace. Oh, they was talking about the grace of God. God grace it. Now all of a sudden, they back over to the temple, offering up sacrifices. Oh, over here where they're baptizing, over here where they're taking communion at. They ain't no grace. Oh, foolish. So Paul got the church that morning. Paul said, oh, foolish Galatians. Who has cast an evil spell on you since I left? Where's that witch at? Where's that sorcerer? Who you been sitting under? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear as you and I if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. I made it, per I made it clear. I showed you, you, you just got through. Matter of fact, wasn't long Jesus died. And somebody else come and tell you you can be saved another way. That's why he was mad. Put that verse up there again. Let's go back to verse. He said, oh foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death, so you are saved by his death, being resurrection. The meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Verse 2. He said, let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the laws of Moses? Did you get the Holy Ghost just because you got water baptized? You know people are going to tell you they did. Ha, ba, 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 ba. You ain't got no Holy Ghost. You got a ha, ba, ba, ba. But you don't have the Holy Spirit. You don't get the Holy Ghost because you get water baptized. See, you know why nobody's saying nothing? Because you're not sure. Let me tell you something. If you trusted water baptism for your salvation, your soul is headed to hell. My job is to tell you. You can't get in Christ without the Holy Spirit putting you in Christ. Can't nobody baptize you with water and put you in Christ. Don't you be deceived. Your soul would burn in hell for eternity. It's not a game. Watch what it says. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the laws of Moses? Of course not. Now, remember, Paul been water baptized by Ananias and said he had been deceived. All these folks you talk to right now, they've been water baptized. John the, Bapt John the Baptist baptized all of them. And then he turned around and says, do you think you received the Holy Spirit by obeying them laws? Them, them laws of Moses, which was water baptism, 
which was communion, circumcision, foot washing. He said, of course not. You receive the Holy Spirit because, now this is why I need you to come in on You receive the Holy Spirit. He told you how you got the Holy Spirit. You receive the Holy Spirit because you believe the message you heard about who? Christ. You heard the message about Christ. That's how you got the Holy Spirit. Don't let nobody deceive you. This is what the Spirit of God said to me. He said, look, tell the people, don't let nobody deceive you. And you die and go to hell because somebody told you a lie. That's how Eve got deceived. God told Eve, we're going to keep going. Do not eat of the tree of not the good and evil. Told her not to eat of it. I'm going to show you that's how she got in this mess. We're going to do that today. That's the next mess. That's how she got in this mess. She got in this mess over here at Reverend Church. Because you know what? She ate of the wrong tree, and you need to know who the tree is. The person who stands back here is a tree planted by the rivers of living water, or he a devil from hell. He's the one that brings forth the fruit for your life, Preaching what you need to save you or what you're going to have to kill you is coming from this tree. The person who stands here. The person who you sitting under will determine where you will spend eternity. Either he's from God or he's been sent by the devil himself. And yet people, come on over here, girl. You ain't, I ain't seen you in a long time. And there you go. That's what the book of Proverbs says. That's where they go. They gone. They gone straightway. Just come around and don't know all the people guessing here. That's Proverbs 7, I think, 8. You can pick it up. Watch, he says, how, he's not done with you. Church of Galatia here. How foolish can you be? We can sing that. <laughs> How foolish can you be after starting your new life in the spirit? Why are you not trying to become perfect by water baptism, by taking communion, and by washing your, washing your feet in the church? You're talking about angry. It's angry. Because of what one man came here and did. You don't know how much he suffered. You watch the passion. They can only give you approximately how he suffered. When they beat Jesus Christ, there was no skin left on his body. None at all. They beat all the skin off of his body. Like when you do an animal, you have to take all the skin off the animals. They beat his off. He was marred more than any man. That's what caused me to cry. That's what caused me angry. This gospel 
has to be preached, but you got to know it. You got to live it. You got to be a part of your life. You got to feel what you preach. Got to be in your soul. This man died for me. It's not a game. When I come here, when I tell you, I'm not, my wife don't make me no appointments for weekends. I got to be back by Saturday and I got to be back on time. Amen. Yes, we ain't going. We can't go to that. Because I cannot. A man came here, laid down his life so I could have eternal life. A man who raised me up from the dead, he healed my body. I'm not putting nobody and nothing else before this man. See, I'm not talking I love you. I'm going to walk this thing out. Nobody is more important than my Lord. Nothing is more important than my Lord. That's how my wife and I live. When we get our finances, my wife already said, the the, the offering for this week is this here. Well, they ain't never even seen it. But giving him his part had nothing to do because he is number one. The man is, woo, this man here is number one, brother. Yeah, did you hear Brother Gene's testimony? Brother Gene said, I got three people in my life. That's, that's an awesome thing when you, you got three people in your life. We're talking about a builder. This man's a builder. He says, it's the Lord, it's my wife, and my pastor. Man, that's big time stuff, ain't it? See, you got to come to a place that you're going to have to understand if all these other folks you're talking about, they, they may not really be no good for you. You need to examine yourself. Watch what it says. Galatians chapter 3 is where we're at. He said, look, how, how foolish can you be? After starting your new life in the spirit, why are you not trying to become perfect by your own human effort? That's water baptism. Your own human effort. That's circumcision, own human effort. Taking communion, your own human effort. I'm going to be better after I eat this bread and wine. I'm going to be better after I baptize in Jesus' name. You ain't going to be no better. Only one man made you righteous. Have you experienced so much for nothing? He said, you went through all, we told them guy got circumcised. Now they got to hide out for a few days because they had been cut. They suffer. Are you, you suffered all this for nothing. You got in that cold water for nothing. Surely it was not in vain, was, was it? He said, look, I ask you again, Does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obeyed the law? You think you got the Holy Spirit because you did something? Of course not. Thank God he said it again. It's because you believe the message. God, if I could say it a hundred times. How many know what the message you hear here? What do we preach here? We preach the gospel of Christ. Which is his death, death, and resurrection. Of course not. It's because you believe the message. You heard the message about Christ. That's how you were saved. In the same way Abraham believed God and God counted it 
for righteousness because of his faith. He believed the word. So you, you get the faith because you're hearing the word preached, and now faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, and now when, when God offers you salvation, you have faith to receive it. You don't have to no faith to receive the message if you never heard the word preached. Why you think Jesus spent three and a half years talking to the children of Israel, and then when he got down for time to receive his death, burial, and resurrection, he was given to die, buried, and raised again from the dead. He turned around and said, How is it that you don't have no faith? They couldn't even receive him because they didn't believe. Even after he rose from the dead, they still didn't believe. He had to show himself visible to them guys before they would believe. Thomas, look, I'm not going to believe except I put my, if I see the nails in his hand, turn your hand on. Let me see your nails. I got to see the nails in his feet and I got to see a hole in his side. If I don't see that, I'm not going to believe. Jesus says, that's what it's going to take, Thomas, for you to believe anyway. <laughs> so that morning, here, here it is, Jesus steps in the room. And Thomas, big mouth Thomas says, my Lord and my, wait a minute, wait a minute. You, I'm not your Lord, you just said the other day you weren't going to believe. Now my Lord and my God. And the Lord says, you said you want to see the nail prints? You said you want to see my feet? He fell on his face when he said, my Lord and my God. Because he couldn't believe unless he saw. That's Old Testament. But you believe now because you heard. Woo. Oh, I know that's good. Thank you, Lord. All right, now I'm done with Galatia, and I need to get in my message now. All right, now let's go to work. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 through 4. We're going to target verse 3. Now, we're doing this because we're going to do the NLT. We're still doing the NLT. I'm not working for no publication trying to sell Bibles. You know. If enough people want them, I will purchase them from this ministry, and, and you can buy them in the storehouse very cheap. So, praise the Lord. Sorry, Sister Cheryl, I baptized you in cold water. Forgive me. Ice cold. <laughs> she know what's good. Ooh, that was cold. Yeah. See, I, I, I shouldn't have done that to her. I'm apologizing. I hope you will. Here we go. 2 Corinthians 11, 1 out of NLT. He said, look, I hope you will put up with a little more of my foolishness. Please bear with me. Paul said, I know I think, I know what I'm saying to you could be foolish, but let's listen to him. He said, look, I'm jealous over you with the jealousy of God himself. I promise, this is what he's supposed to do with the church of God now. I promise you as a pure bride to one husband, Christ. So you got to understand who Paul was. Paul was to make sure he get the church of God to Christ. Just like Moses was to get them to the promised land. But I feel that somehow your pure and undivided devotion to Christ, he said, this is my problem, this is what I feel the most, that your pure and undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted 
That's my whole thing. Because once you, he says, just as he was deceived. How was she deceived? By the cunning ways of the serpent. He says, I don't want that to happen to you. He said, look, you happily put up with, this is your problem. This, he's going to tell me your problem. Your problem is this, is you believe everybody behind the pulpit. You think every preacher behind the pulpit is your blessing. Let me read it. Let me read it in their term. He said, you happily put up with whatever anyone tell you. He said, this, this is your problem. Every, every sugar daddy tell you something, you're falling all over. No, I didn't say that, did it? Let me move on. <laughs> you happily put up with whatever anybody tell you, even if they preach a different Jesus. See, what here we preach Christ and him crucified. Then at that time, they would be back there trying to tell them about Jesus Christ came in the flesh. And Jesus was trying to let them know, Paul, listen, listen. Jesus couldn't help you before he died. He can only give you natural blessings. But when he died, he gave you his spiritual blessings. That's why people in the New Testament have what? Spiritual blessings. Our soul not can be saved because we're in the New Covenant. Even the old covenant soul couldn't be saved. Whew. See, you don't understand. People over here in the old covenant, John the Baptist only hope he had that when Christ came back, he would be with Christ. John the Baptist's head was cut off and brought to the king in the platter. He had to give his life before he could get life before Christ died. Let me say it again. Before Christ died, he had to give his life before he could get life. What shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and then lose his own soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his own soul? He had to give his own life. So when Christ came back for them, then he would raise that man from the dead and give him eternal life. But he had to give his life physically to be killed so he can be having life eternal. You don't have to die. The Holy Ghost writes in the book when you believe on Christ that you are dead. He put it in the book. You are dead. And you never died. But he sees your death in Christ. He sees your burial in Christ. He sees your resurrection in Christ. And you never left here. Because everything in the new covenant is done by faith. Look at Galatians 2.20. I'm not just saying something I'll speak in my head. You got to see what, the, what you got to understand is God looks at you already as you already did. Galatians 2.20, we'll come back to where I was. Anybody know who I was? 2 Corinthians 11, right? Verse 4. Watch what it said, Galatians 2.20 in, in, in NLT. My old self has been crucified with Christ. Which, which person was crucified? The old, the old self. So he sees the old self is dead. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. That's when you're saved. But Christ now lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting 
in the Son of God who loved past tent now, loved me on the cross, loved me to death. He loved me and then he gave himself for me. So I don't just, that's the grace, that's grace. I don't frustrate the grace of God as meaningless. I don't treat God's grace like it's meaningless. For if keeping the law couldn't make us right with God, whew, Paul said, look, I was a Pharisee. I was of the law, I was blameless. But it wouldn't make me right with God. So if keeping the law could make me right with God, if water baptism could make me right with God, if circumcision, if foot washing, if taking communion could make me right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. Okay, come on, come on, somebody get him. So Christ died to make me right with God. Isn't that something? He died to make me right with God. He gave me his righteousness so I can be right with God. Took my sins, my death, and gave me his life and his righteousness so I can be right with God. So why would I, why would I go and do other stuff? That's religion. That's religion. See, what, what happened is we don't know what we're doing. We're doing people a favor, though. <laughs> Some of them don't watch the news, so I'm not going to mess with it. Okay. Uh, let, let's move on. Now, we in, let's read that back down to verse 4 again. Okay, you and three. But I feel that somehow your pure and undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted, just as Eve was deceived by the cunning ways of the serpent. She was deceived. You happily put up with whatever anyone tell you, even if they preach a different Jesus than the one we preach. Paul said, I'm preaching Christ him crucified. You over here preaching over here that Jesus Christ or something else did foot wash, did communion. That's what you're arguing about. You ain't arguing about Christ him crucified. You're arguing about Christ did communion. So you over here preaching a different Jesus. Or you, or, and, that, and then when that happened, a different spirit. That the one you receive. See, that's what, when, you preach a, when you preach a different Jesus, you got a different spirit. That's why when you see people who preach Jesus Christ before the cross, they also tell you you got to be baptized in water in Jesus' name to be saved. You got to repent. See, they're still preaching that stuff. Those people don't think you saved. Different spirit. Different spirit. They preaching a different Jesus. They don't even think you saved. And you preaching Christ and crucified. They are pastors that they have no fellowship with me because I don't do communion. They don't preach because I don't do water baptism. And the Lord has already fulfilled that. And yet, they, they don't understand. See, I'm, I have no anger in my heart against any of them because I know one day, just like they treated Paul, they treated Paul the same way. They thought Paul was, was against God because of what he was preaching. But when it was all said and done, Paul was the best friend they had because he was the only one that knew the gospel of Christ. Somebody get a Lord a big hand. Yeah, thank God that somebody knows the gospel of Christ. Hallelujah. 
when it came down, when it came down to Peter, Peter said some things is, with, with Paul is hard to be understood. <laughs> You're right. Because they taught another gospel, a different gospel. Okay, now let's go to work. Uh, let's, let's go to, we just did 2 Corinthians 11, 1 through 4. Let's go to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 2. Matter of fact, let me do Ephesians first. Ephesians 4, 14 and 15. Let's do that first. And then I'm going to go to 1 Timothy 2, 11 through 15 if I got time. Second, I'm sorry, Ephesians 4, 14 15. Now we're doing all this out in NLT. Uh, Ephesians 4, 14 and 15. Then we're going to go to 1 Timothy 2, 11 through 15. And when we do that, we're going to key on verse 14. We're going to be done. You enjoying the word? Amen. Man, this word is good, ain't it? Amen. Don't be deceived, though, right? Look at somebody and say, don't let nobody deceive you. See, if somebody, I'm going to show you deception is so subtle until you can be in church and still be in the sea. Because they're preaching to you the wrong message. That's why I'm just reading to you in 2 Corinthians 11, 3. They're preaching to you another Jesus. So you got another spirit. You believe in the wrong message. And going to church every Sunday. See how subtle this is? Some, uh, Ephesians 4, 14 says, Then we will no longer be immature. And remember, God gave first apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith. Now here you're going to get here. Then we will no longer be immature like children. Immature is the key word. We won't be tossed and blown away by every wind of new teaching. See, all the stuff that we got going on right now happened within the last, I'm going to say, good 40 years. I always mess with Brother Yancey. Brother Yancey used to be Church of God in Christ. I'm not here to put down people. I'm trying to tell you, Church of God in Christ was only like less than 40 years ago. There was a breakup. And so you have a church of God and you have a church of Christ. Then you have a church of God and Christ. You've been, you, you know what I'm talking about. See, the key is the younger people don't know all these denominations we have now. You didn't have all that. 50 years ago, you probably had. That's why you see some Baptist church and they say we are celebrating our 129th anniversary. <laughs> Some of y'all don't get it. That's how long they've been around, right? But at the same time, that's, Baptist has been there a long time. Now, a lot of these other churches came in within the last, I'm going to say, less than 50 years, when you say, you didn't, you didn't have a church of God in Christ. You didn't have a word of faith. Full gospel. None of that. None of that. All of these were different denominations that came up. So you had, a, you, you, after that, you had like a church of Christ, maybe. So that's why I'm saying all these different denominations that you're seeing now, they weren't there. Now you had Catholic, remember they said they come all the way from Paul, from Peter. Uh, okay. But anyway, you got to understand, everybody has a different belief. So that's going to be next week's message. And out of all these different beliefs, you got to find out which one is right. 
Because each one of them, God's going to show you, is a tree. And people sit under that tree every Sunday. And if you're eating from the wrong tree, it's going to cost you your soul salvation. So when you come here, what you're saying is, I believe that man right there is a man of God. I believe that woman up there is a woman of God. And I believe they know what they're talking about. Amen. That's what happens when you sit in a man's church. Because it's not just you going to be lost if I'm wrong. It's going to be your children. And then when you pass, you're going to leave them here. When they die, they're going to leave their children here. Because, see, they believe that grandma, if it was right, grandma, grandma didn't know, grandma didn't know. But you didn't know that because she, she had religion. That's all she had, good religion. See, I got some people. See this sister right here? If I wasn't who I was supposed to be, that girl get up and walk out here now. Am I lying? And a whole lot of you. Because you're supposed to. I'm not going to let you sit up in here and lead me to hell when I know you going. Hello? When you're not right, I'm with you when you're right, Reverend. But if, like I said, when you see more wrong, when somebody don't know the word, I'm here for the word. It's no different how many teachers we got, how many teachers, uh, school teachers we got here. You're, you're, you're in, school, in the school system. You're teaching in the school system. That's one, how many more? Two, how many you got? Three, four. These are school teachers in the school system. Now, you are a teacher yourself. How can you sit under me if I don't know the word? Now, when I come to your class, I'm going to get what? Math? Are you a math teacher? You are a math teacher? Math. Woo. Jesus. Math. If when I hear math, make my flesh come. <laughs> what? Chemistry. chemistry. Engineer. Chemistry. Chemical and history. Woo. Math and science. Engineer over here. He already told me it's math. Well, if I come on under you, what are you going to teach me? Math, right? I'm a pastor. When you come in here, I better know one thing. You understand? You're not going to want me to help. I don't have to come in here. I can, I'm going to break some vows. I'm from the country, Mississippi. I'm going to say some, you know, I'm going to say some things wrong. But at the same time, if I know the book, you can put up with it. You understand? If a man know the word, I can put up with him breaking the AC. You know what I'm talking about, right? That's my sister. <laughs> but you got to at least know the word. Okay, we got one thing and I'm done, right? Ephesians 4, 14 and 15. That's all we're going to be able to do today. Then we are no longer be immature like children. See, we won't be tossed and blown away with every wind of new teaching. That's doctrine, new teaching. You will not be influenced when people try to trick us. Next verse, with lies. That's what he called them. So clever, they sound like the truth. Now, you got to understand something. It's going to sound like the real deal. If I would take some of y'all, instead, we will speak the truth in love, speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, his church. See, let me tell you something. If I took some of you south right now, and I says, okay, 
or either, I mean, we can go out Carolinas, anywhere out like that, Connecticut area. All these places have them, what they call wheat and tares. How many has ever seen wheat field? Wheat field. Seen wheat field. Where you from? Oh, Lord. You know what I'm talking about, right? Wheat and tail look just alike, don't they? Just like. If you walk out to a wheat field, now y'all know what you get from wheat, right? The rest of y'all. The rest of y'all from Michigan, y'all know what we get from wheat. Oh, God. Don't worry, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it. You do know you get the bread from the wheat, right? All right. But anyway, here we go. Now, here's the point. If I get bread from the wheat, what happened if I got the task? Now I got the wrong thing to make the bread. That's what happened when you don't know the word. You understand that? It's the wheat that has a little thing at the top that you're going to need to make the bread. But guess what? The tails stands right beside it, that, doesn't it? If you ever seen it, so they, they come right beside it, but they ain't got no wheat. Yeah. They ain't got no wheat. Look just like the wheat, but they ain't got no wheat at the top. And all in the wheat field, they just comes up everywhere. Nobody plant them. I'm alive. Y'all y'all hear? Ain't nobody planting no tails. <laughs> they just wild, just like in your garden, in your lawn. Sometimes you go in your lawn and you go out there mowing your grass. You're like, where this come from? I have to pay people every year to come out. Those little yellow things that comes up down the line. Where they come from? Anybody can tell me how they how we get them? I didn't plant them. You understand? That's what you got to understand when somebody know the word. If you don't know the word, you're going to give people the wrong thing to make bread. My time is over. I thank you for yours. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.